Well, you know, we do get some Africans who come on the space, uh, and uh, sometimes it can, uh, uh, you know, we, we hear them kind of repeat Russian disinformation, and uh, it's it's frustrating, and a lot of people get upset. Um, but, you know, I think we try to try to look at it uh, in more of a strategic way, right? Like, how how is it that someone from uh, Africa who shouldn't really be defending Russia and, and uh, their colonization of another country uh, like how, how is it that they're talking about NATO expansion and Azov Nazis and all this stuff, right? So it's definitely uh, uh, something that we, we think about a lot and uh, something we, we deal with, right? We have uh, pe- people who call in from Africa and, and the Middle East and other countries, uh, other places uh, where, where this is an issue. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, it, it's difficult, but uh, at the same time, it's, it's something that's been going on for a long time. And uh, we, we just try to uh, expose the kind of conspiracy think the conspiratorial thinking behind it, right? That's, that's the best we can do is to try to show people that the thinking is based on all these conspiracies about, you know, the CIA runs the world and it's the Jews running things and, you know, it's globalism and all this stuff. Right. So, so that's kind of the idea. We, we try to pick apart the ideas and try to show people that the, uh, the, the uh, motivations behind them are disingenuous. Right. Um, uh, but uh, did you have any follow-up, Ali? Go ahead. No, nothing else. Um, I, I have sent the pictures of the Azov guys' um, Instagram page, so I've sent it to Walters' um, DMs. I don't know whether he could read them so that you guys reach out to him. He has an amputated leg in. You, you're, think... you're welcome to send them to me, uh, uh, okay. um, because I'm not sure um, who's on the... if, if Walter... Uh, uh, the, the main account is online at the moment. Okay, okay, I'll I'll send everything to you if you can post it up to so that everyone can see it. I'll send everything to you. Thank you guys so much. You guys are doing amazing work. Yeah, good. You are doing God's work. God bless you richly. Uh, alternatively, Ollie, if you look down in the right, the bottom right corner, there's like a speech bubble, um, and there should be like a, a thirty-seven next to it. That's where you can comment on the space. So if you have things that you'd like to share with the whole space, then you can you can tweet them down there. So everybody in the space can just go there and look. Yeah, so it's a new feature on Twitter. This uh, like uh, uh, you you can share a comment in the space. So it's in the bottom right uh, where we used to say that you could uh, tweet the space. I should maybe explain now when I tell people to retweet the space. You retweet the space now with the little. Uh, I guess you'd call it us the the little U with the arrow pointing up in the top right corner uh, next to the leave button and the three dots. Uh, that's how you now share the space. So when I tell you share the space, um, and uh, I might accidentally say something about a blue plus button, which is no longer true. What I mean to say is uh, press the little uh, up up square uh, up up U arrow. Uh, next to the leap but in the top right corner uh, but anyway thank you very much ollie for uh, sharing all that that was uh, uh really great we appreciate it so much uh imperious go ahead yeah actually uh was hoping to have a little conversation uh with ollie because i think um uh, he could really use um some of the sort of historical context uh we've shared a lot in the space um is is he still up here or i think ollie dropped down uh if i get a request oh. from him, i'll definitely get him back up yeah, uh, that, well, uh, I was I was more or less going to ask him uh, if if he oh, accepted. Oh yeah, yeah, he's coming back up. He's coming back up. Oh yeah, so, but uh, 
when he's joining, uh, but more or less. Okay, Ollie's back with us. Hey, hey, Ollie. Um, hey. So let's let's just start uh, with sort of what we both agree on here, right? So we can have a, a nice, uh, fluid conversation. So, sort of given you know some of the stuff researching about sort of history and whatnot, uh, w- would you agree that? in terms of general behavior, the Russian sort of state hasn't really changed over, you know, a couple hundred years, perhaps? Nothing has changed. They're still the same. Yeah, right. Nothing has changed. Absolutely so, nothing has changed. So, nothing so you, from, their, from leadership to their military to the way they behave throughout wars, nothing has changed. They're so predictable. Yeah. And and so in, in that case, you would agree they've been a sort of colonial... Uh, expansionist power that would sort of, you know, weaponize anyone uh, for their own benefit exactly. without regard. For exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, you know, they look for they look for the West's enemies and try to weaponize them. Like Africa, for instance, South Africa, they you have this flow of um, weapons that went there because the Russians went there to tell them that, hey, fight against. Um, the West, and we are going to help you with weapons, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so, of, of course, you know, when, uh, I, I guess the one thing that uh, your friends and neighbors don't unfortunately understand and that you have the historical context for is that, you know, they, they were very opportunistic about this. They they weren't interested in your freedom for its own benefit, right? Like, say, yeah. uh, like in some other revolutionary wars where, some nations sort of helped largely out of agreement, right? Yes. Yeah. So, so for my country, for instance, our very, very first president, Kwame Nkrumah, happened to have this security team, security team that were all Russians, because he had a lot of influence from the Soviet Union. So the, there's this kind of mindset among people, matured people, like people above the age of 50, that Russians are actually our friends and they want to help us. But that is not the case. Yeah, that's true. So I think like the important thing is is to sort of remind your friends, right, that uh, like the Russians weren't helping uh, African countries out of the goodness of their heart, right, in the same way that China right now isn't helping uh African nations out of the goodness of their heart, right? Like they want something. They want, uh, they want to get rid of the old boss uh, to make room for themselves, right? Do you agree with that? Yeah, I I, I agree with that. Um, a typical example is um, China. They recently built um, Zim, no, Af- one one African country's um, parliament. They they refurbished everything and they built it. And can you? believe they have the Chinese flag in front of that country's parliament because they literally want to become the bosses now. Even with my country, we are facing this huge problem with Chinese because the Chinese bring these um, extremely big fishing vessels and they just come and fish and the local fishermen, fish folks complain. They go out there, they don't get fish. And we have this problem of Chinese coming engaging themselves in illegal gold mining. And, you know, they think we have these mature people who think the the, the East, that's 
we should we should go towards communism and socialism we should try that but they don't know what they are talking about and you try to tell them and it's so difficult to to you know to tell them that the russians are not our friends they want to become they literally want to become the bosses they want to get rid of the west and become our bosses but they they don't agree you know it's very it's extremely hard talking to them Oh well, I think I think do your friends and neighbors understand like at least on on the level that the the Chinese are sort of competing with them for resources and don't care about them right like um because if you're able to sort of make them understand that it's it's not too far a hop uh from explaining to them how that situation has more or less uh unfolded in Ukraine over the past you know 300 years of colonization or more well with my immediate friends friends i go to um uni with some of them are quite compassionate towards ukraine but the the group of people i'm talking about is the people with political power the people with um influence in society and the matured like matured people who are 50 years and above but the younger generation people 30 years below we majority of us are passionate towards Ukraine and the west do you do you kind of get what i'm saying yeah i mean i i think uh there's there's a saying that the empty can rattles the loudest right um yeah. i think that's the kind of situation we have here we have a very loud uh subset of of uninformed people that don't actually you know represent um the sort of average view i guess I I think you know listening to this conversation it's really helpful. I think one thing we might want to think about is in terms of uh maybe organizing like a Russia in Africa panel, right? I mean Russia is has committed a lot of atrocities in Africa. They're doing a lot of uh you know, exactly uh, exactly I I I was listening to a space of um people saying Russians in the Central African Republic are doing a lot of nasty stuff and no one is talking about it no news agency is investigating them there's nothing going on and they are doing horrible like extremely bad stuff there and it has to do with the wagner group there's this kind of wave of wagner coming to africa and it scares me it really really scares me because i i don't know what's happening there's wagner in mali I'm hearing Wagner will be going to Burkina Faso very soon. Like every war-torn place in Africa, you find Wagner come like the presence of Wagner like there and it's it's crazy. And they're yeah, committing think... atrocities there where they are, right? And the victims of 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 awful crimes um are, are numerous. We're talking uh, murder of course and sex crimes. It, it's it it It's incredible that um it, it is pretty incredible that a lot of media outlets haven't picked up on it actually. Exactly what I'm talking about. No one is talking about it. No no media outlets is talking about it and it's it's very very sad. Yeah, I think you know normally we try to say like well, we want to keep the space about Ukraine, but I think this is very like um uh, relevant to Ukraine because you know this information war in Africa is very important, right? Um Russia has spent a lot of time and resources and ideological effort trying to um as you said, um make Africans their captive audience um in terms of uh hating the West and therefore uh being pro-Russian. And so uh maybe uh if we could try to uh 
you know, reach out to certain maybe African scholars who uh, work in this field in terms of, uh, you know, the, the, the negatives of Russian influence and maybe even the Wagner group. Uh, I think it'd be really uh, helpful for the uh, uh, Walter Report. Maybe we could do a, a, a panel or a, a segment on that. Um, but, yeah, just uh, just thinking out loud there. Imperius, uh, uh, did you have any follow up you wanted to ask? Yeah, like, uh, I, I did want to touch on the Wagner thing a bit, right? Because, I mean, having a bunch of uh, out-of-control mercenaries run around your countryside raping and killing seems to me like it would be a very sore historical point uh, for, for for Africans who are proud of, of their independence and, and sort of, you know, their their history of breaking away from colonialism since that was one of the most sort of tumultuous uh parts of their recent history, right? Like there were, there were mercenary groups uh, running all over Africa, doing all sorts of terrible things. Uh, well, from the start of the, the Belgian Congo, all the way up to the decolonial wars, the decolonization wars in the sixties and seventies. So I think, I think it's very important to sort of remind people, um, especially in Africa, what Wagner does and how they behave and how little they care for, for Africans. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. But these are people who don't want to learn. They, they don't want to listen to anything because it looks like Russia is winning the information war in Africa and Chinese too is winning this kind of influence in Africa. And it's scary like i really i really don't want to be, be living in a socialist society i hate that and it looks like it because a lot of african countries like the 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 information war russia is winning in africa is unprecedented like i i never thought i'd see africans in support of the filthy the dirty things going on in ukraine and like they are in support of Russia. I never thought I'll see it. Yeah, I think, you know, Ollie, we really do appreciate you coming on and, uh, you know, sharing your thoughts about this with us. You know, it's something we, you know, we, we're very focused, of course, on the war in Ukraine. And so it's it's something that we, we haven't maybe thought about as much as maybe we should. So we think, uh, you know, if, if possible, uh, if you want to maybe reach out to us in the future, we, we want to maybe organize like some kind of a panel about this. Uh, so maybe also if anyone in the audience has uh, African friends or uh who know about uh, uh, you know friends of the show or uh, listeners who are, are, are African uh, and want to maybe talk about uh, you know Russian influence in Africa and, and uh, some of the things going on with the Wagner Group, uh, we're, we're maybe going to work on that because I think it's uh, important. So, uh, Ollie, thank you very much. And uh, you know, uh, if you want to stay up and uh, maybe uh, field any questions that the audience has, uh, we'd be happy to have you. But uh, we understand if you uh, uh, have other uh, engagements. Uh, but uh, we'll no. go to. Uh, oh yeah, yeah sorry. Go ahead. It's, it's 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 been amazing talking to you guys. You guys are doing a good job, as I always say, and God richly bless you. I'll be listening. So if anything comes up, I'll be here. I'd, who do I have to send the pictures of the as of um, fighters? Send them to paid? send them to Sojo, to Joseph, and yeah. to Imperius, and then we'll deal with this. Okay. okay. My 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 messages are open. For, for for everybody, so you can send them to me, uh, and okay. I'll um uh, and I'll pass them around. Okay, okay, amazing. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, and and, yeah, and thank you. Yeah, sorry, yeah, David. Oh no, of course. Thank you, Sergio. Yeah, so it's a, it's a good conversation. I think you know it's uh like I said, it's something we we maybe don't pay enough attention to here, but it is something that's relevant. Uh, 
as you said, Russia is winning the information war insofar as, at the very least, um, pro-Russia views are 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 uh, you know uh, pre- prevalent, but also. You know, all Russia has to do is is give give enough indifference, right? Part of the messaging strategy is uh, this is just you know uh, uh, Europe telling you guys what to do again, right? Um, they're being hypocrites. They're being um, you know uh, uh, colonialist, right? Um, just ignore them. Just ignore this. Uh, just look out for yourself. Uh, just don't don't worry about this. So it's an important issue, and uh, yeah, we should uh, try to try to maybe. Uh, organize uh, some something around uh, the subject and try to get some more experts in on it because uh, and and hopefully we can achieve that. Uh, so we're going to go to uh, Petter next. Uh, Petter, go ahead. Thank you and um, uh, good morning or good uh, afternoon wherever you are. Um, I, I'm tying this uh, conversation directly into discussion we had uh, last night with uh, or <laughs> yeah last night European time with. Uh, Ivana Stradner uh, about information warfare and uh, uh, it seems very clear that our side is losing the information war simply because we're not showing up. Uh, it's a one-way war where Russia is conducting its warfare and we're not neither defending nor, nor counter-attacking. Uh, I think in Africa uh, it's not just about pointing out uh, how Russia is a bad faith actor uh, but I think also we should advertise a bit and uh, and uh, uh, spread our values and what they mean to us and uh, why uh, people are willing to die to defend those values um, uh, in Ukraine and uh, I think in each of our countries, if uh, if we were directly invaded, most people would also be willing to die to defend those values. And, and we've failed to do that abroad, and we've failed to do that in our own countries. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, I think uh, if there's one lesson to learn from uh, the war in Ukraine, it has nothing to do with uh, uh, military warfare, uh, even though there are obviously huge lessons to learn from that. But I think the one big lesson is we're losing strategically uh, because we're not showing up for the information war. Yeah, and that uh, interview with uh, Ivana was, uh, Ivana Stradner was, uh, earlier today was very good, uh, so I highly recommend uh, our audience uh, whenever it comes up on uh, the YouTube account, uh, or if you just want to go back and try to listen to the recording later, uh, uh, very good interview with Ivana Stradner. Uh, for sure. 100%. 100%. And she's coming back, it seems. So that's what will be good. Yeah, yeah. She's a real asset. So we're really happy to have her and uh, hopefully she'll come back soon. Uh, so, yeah, thank you, Petter. Uh, anyone have any follow up on that? Uh, we'll go to. Uh, I, I do. Yeah, have, whilst, we're, whilst, we're on, whilst we're still on the subject, I'm, I'm very sorry to interject, Joseph. I, I can't stand it when other people do it. I hate <laughs> okay, myself right now. Um, but, but whilst we're on the subject, we have touched upon it before um, when there was this uh, space held by a particular member of the ANC um, interviewing the um, ambassador to the Russian ambassador to South Africa. Um, And we touched upon, you know, and it was a it was a very big space. And the Russian ambassador was, oh, you know, the old tropes of um, fascist Nazi government in Ukraine. And they hate Russian. He he actually managed to... um, Quite deftly, I might add, um, um, turn turn the 
the, the, the ethnic cleansing or genocide which Russia is actually perpetuating in Ukraine on the Ukrainians, saying that, that uh, you know, they don't want Russians in Ukraine, it's ethnic cleansing, etc., etc. Uh, and and there seemed to be there seemed to be a lot of echoing of of this kind of narrative amongst the panel. So we have talked about it in here and how um, um, Russia and China have have really been propagating an, an anti-West uh, propaganda war uh, perpetrate. You know what I'm saying? Um, an anti-West propaganda war in, in Africa, and I think it's a massive problem. Not only for us, but you know, not only for us on a selfish level, but God's sake, these people in Africa are are, are being bombarded with this um, like disinformation, and I think it really needs looking at. And I love your idea, Joseph, of having a um, a, a a a Russia Africa kind of a session. That's a brilliant idea. And thank you for suggesting that. Thank you. Yeah. And yeah, I think it's probably not helpful for, you know, people to believe that like uh, uh, the CIA owns a satellite that controls the way. That's probably just not not a healthy way to think about uh, reality. Uh, so we'll go next to uh, Sancho. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. So uh, I've spent quite a bit of time following uh, all the different propaganda campaigns that are mostly Russian and especially Chinese. Um, and they're main targets have been um, just about everyone, but there are some strategic aims towards uh, especially Africa and South America. And I, uh, Ollie, I thought that was a really good amount of information uh, that you were able to provide. Um, my feeling um, prior t- to what you commented uh, was that, uh, that the propaganda there was um, overall not quite successful that they were um, trying to um, stir things up and misdirect, um, you know, anger towards, um, you know, the, the West and NATO and everything. And that it had, for the most part, been falling on deaf ears um, throughout many of the countries uh, in Africa. But it, to me, from what you've mentioned, sounds like they're increasing uh, their efforts there and it sounds like they are making some leeway there and uh, there you know there's uh, some speculation as to you know the intentions they that Russia may have is which involve Africa and I um, wasn't sure how much uh, you may have heard of that or if, if you could possibly share some of um, the information that they were sharing with you and uh, that may aid us in helping provide information to counter some of those items. Um, and, and then also a question about the, um, what what level of uh, success and what type of messages and what, what levels of success of those messages would you say are currently um, underway? Thanks. Yeah, so in terms of Africa, the, the main information operation, I would say, has to do with the food crisis, right? Um, right. Russia's trying to sort of say, look, if if Ukraine just gives up and just starts acting reasonably and makes peace with us, which is all we ever really wanted, because we're, we're peaceful people, then, um, you know, this whole food crisis thing will go away. Um, and so that seems to be their kind of main um, uh, uh, mode of, of, a, of attack in terms of uh, information war in, in Africa. 
Um, but in terms of like their long-term strategy there, uh, I couldn't speak to it beyond just um, sort of, as Ollie said, like leveraging anti, um, you know, the, the colonial legacy of Europe and uh, just more broadly the West, including America. Um, and they become sort of a captive audience for a lot of Russian disinformation. And, you know, it starts slow. It starts with just, you know, America sucks. And you go, yeah, they do suck, right? And then eventually it turns into, oh, NATO expansion into Ukraine is why Russia is uh, has genocide death camps, right? And you're just like, what? And, you know, it's a, it's just a slow feeding of information, slow moving of the Overton window towards this idea that, like, um, Ukraine isn't like a place full of people that want things. Instead, it's just like a, a piece of turf that like America and Russia are fighting over. And if, you know, America would just stop, uh, you know, uh, uh, bothering Russia about it, that this whole thing would go away and all the problems uh, would, would go away. And, you know, basically every aspect of that argument is untrue, as we all know. As far as like what we can do about it, um, as individuals, uh, I would say probably not much. I mean, it, it, it's tempting to just go on the internet and start yelling at people and saying, hey, you're being lied to at like a systemic, incomprehensibly massive level. Uh, but I think the kind of general consensus uh, in terms of uh, what Ivana was talking about earlier today is that the United States and probably other governments uh, in Europe need to start taking information warfare more seriously they need to understand that um, other governments are actively engaged in it at every level of uh, their, um, you know, foreign policy. And we need to kind of stop thinking of it as like a dirty word as something our enemy does. We need to start doing it ourselves and taking some initiative. Um, and I'm going right. to let, uh, oh, so, sorry, go ahead. I, I was going to say, uh, so, so the question was uh, directed more towards Ollie, um, you know, being at Absolutely, the location. Yeah. I'm sorry, I, I was curious. Yeah, I'm sorry um, about that. We'll that's all right. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, Ollie, if you had any answer uh, for Sancho's question. Uh, I'm sorry, I spent most of my time asking. No worries at all. Yeah, what was the question again? Sorry. So, so the question was uh, more around like, what, what type of initiatives are they having? I, you mentioned that Wagner is down there, but I was curious what messages they were pushing, um, but the types of things that you said that your friends uh, are sympathetic to. Uh, what some of those messages might be, and then um, uh, just yeah. Mm -hmm. So they like it's basically the West is not our friend. The West colonized us and looted us for 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 years. That's that is what the Russians push, and we helped you to gain your um, independence. So be sympathetic towards us in this war against nazis against nationalists who want rush who have been bombing donbass for a very long time and it's working it's 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 really really working and another thing that i see that africans feel sympathetic towards russia is nato you know nato bombed um, um libya when the libya the, the arab spring happened so africans some Africans are scared of NATO because they think that if anything wrong happens, there's going to be a bombing again. So I, I see, you know, I see Russia winning around, you know, that kind of disinformation, like lies. That's, that's the Africans, you know, the illiteracy is the problem. That's the problem. People don't want to read. People don't want to learn. And 
Yeah, Russia has been in down here. Okay, yeah, that's a but, little that's a little bit unfortunate. I know that you know those those the those things did happen um, in the past, and I had been uh, comforted in the fact that uh, from from a number of people I had heard that they were. Um, you know, they were happy. They were listening. They were hearing those items, and that you know, but they still weren't. Um, they weren't rallying to Russia's call per se. So that they'd rather, you know, continue to to grow as their in their community, and um, didn't didn't really want to play part in Russia's game. So that w- those were my initial um, understandings of kind of how things were going. So it's it's a little disappointing that. Uh, they are making headway there, uh, and if I mean, if you have any suggestions uh, as far as you know, what might I, so, I think a panel is a great idea. Um, you know, maybe show, we can help. Mm-hmm. show show the African people your values, what you stand for: freedom, 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 and actually help us get out of this mess of. Um, oligarchic governments that the West themselves love because they benefit from and corruption puts help systems in place like more younger and vibrant governments. A lot look look at this African country for example, Equatorial Guinea. It's an extremely oil rich country, but half of the country live in extreme po- poverty. So does anyone in the room have a, a suggestion and how, like, uh, who we might be able to um, recruit to try and help, uh, you know, address some of these concerns in Africa and start winning, you know, some hearts and minds? You know, it has to do with what China is doing right now. And China goes about and they build a bridge and they just put China aid, like a very, very big banner of China aid and like information that China is your friend, China is your friend, China is your friend. That's what they do. And you have people heading towards China. Like they they love China. So if anything happens today, if God forbid China invades Taiwan, I'm telling you a lot of Africans are going to be sympathetic towards China. And it's it's very, very sad. Very so I think we have another African joining us on the panel. Uh, Nabil, uh, why don't you go ahead and, and uh, share your thoughts? Go ahead, Nabil. Yes, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Yeah, so uh, me, my only question is, why is NATO expanding towards Russia? That is the only question you should all be asked about. Because one of the main reasons as to why NATO was created was to fight or dismantle the Soviet Union. And the Soviet Union was dismantled in the 90s so it was in fact NATO, if, if i may answer your question uh real quick there because I, I think i know where you're going with this nato did not disband after the fall of the soviet union because the soviet breakaways uh because the the states that gained their independence from the soviet union and you know the after the dissolution of the warsaw pact and the implosion of the soviet socialist republic they all begged president clinton to not dismantle NATO and to allow them in into the alliance because yes, every yes. single Eastern European leader knew that as, for as long as they stood alone, Russia was going to eat them up. And that's why 
people keep asking to join NATO because they know Russia is a threat as it has been to Ukraine for at least the past eight years. But then NATO is just a threat to, to, to other countries. To add on to, to Imperius' statement, Nabil. Look at the state, look at the state of Libya right now. Look. Go ahead, Nabil. Got to unmute, Nabil. Go ahead. Well, I was saying, look at what NATO did to Libya. You know, let us stop pointing fingers. If you want this war to end, let them end the war amicably. Let them say we are threatening Russia, Russia's security concerns. Because you remember how USA couldn't... We're, we're, not, we're not here to entertain whataboutism about Libya. I'm sorry. Okay, fine. Foreign policy mistakes in, in Libya are not the subject of discussion, and they're actually quite irrelevant to NATO because that was not a NATO operation. Well, I'm trying to drive a point towards that because these these was are all created by the same person, that is USA, and we can't hide from that. Look at what they did to Afghanistan, Syria, Iraq. Now they want to beat in Russia. Russia did Syria. Russia backed Assad and allowed him to massacre his own population by supporting him with troops, anti-air systems, and Wagner mercenaries. They. Beat a man to death Serbia. with a sledgehammer and filmed it. Look and they are proud of murdering him. In Vietnam. It's USA causing all these problems. Actually, the war is not between you're Ukraine full of and shit, Russia. Nabil. Nabil, you're full of shit. USA. You're That's full it. of shit. So now that we've gone back in time to Vietnam, it's I think we're full gonna, of shit. we're gonna put a pin we're gonna put a pin shit. in this. All right. So I think, you know, uh that sort of is illustrative of uh the points Ollie was making in terms of uh the sort of talking points of Russian propaganda, right? Um, in terms of NATO expansion and uh, I think Ollie basically explained exactly what this guy would say before he saw <laughs> see that. Uh so we're gonna try to uh keep the conversation structured here. I'm going to try to get to some different hands. So I'm going to start with uh, Petr because uh, he had uh, some thoughts on this earlier. Then we're going to go to Sancho. Then we're going to go to Lisa. And then we'll go to Sojo. Uh, so, yeah, I know everyone's got uh, 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 something to say here. So we'll try to get through it through everybody. Uh, go ahead, Petr. I think it's important to realize that these are not information operations like, you know, uh, spending a couple of weeks or some months to push a certain message. That's, of course, part of it. But uh, KGB created a huge department for information warfare uh, about 50 years ago. And that department has continued continuously to current day FSB. They have regional and country-based operatives uh, with strengths in particular areas. Uh, One area where they're very strong is uh, the African continent. Another area where they're very strong is uh, Germany um, and France and uh, other parts of the more um, left-leaning European countries, I would say. And they are also, they've also become quite strong on the U.S. soil. And uh, those operations laid the groundwork for decades, decades, for the kind of thing that is happening in Africa right now. Um, and... Uh, we cannot know the scope of this, but I'm wondering when the uh, uh, when U.S. and other uh, democratic Western countries try to do something that's genuinely uh, well-intentioned, uh, maybe a vaccine program in Africa or some other area, and 
suddenly there are all these rumors that the vaccines cause this and that. Uh, they are, you know, causing HIV or, or that there's witchcraft in them or whatever. Uh, did that, uh, did those rumors generate locally or did they come from St. Petersburg or Moscow? Uh, and probably we'll never know the answer in each instance, but it's, it's uh, striking how often uh, good things we do turn to mud uh, because of these kinds of effects. We've been uh, undermined and, and uh, good in the world and freedom has been undermined in this way for such a long time. Uh, and countering it is not a matter of, you know, uh, creating our own operations and in a couple of months we'll be countering this, we'll be countering that. Uh, as, as Ivana said when, when she spoke, and that was very, very strong, uh, we have to be in this for decades and, uh, and we have to start as soon as possible. And I think it, when it comes to what can individual people do well, we can raise our own understanding of this because we haven't understood it very well, most of us, and we can tell people around us and we can start asking the politicians, well, are you aware of this? Are you doing anything about it? So that we can affect the change in this because we're, we're being so blindsided by this that it's almost like uh, all our other efforts in, in military and, and cyber domains, etc., are going to be uh, for naught. So this is, uh, I think, critically important. Uh, and I would also add that I think what we should be doing is more like marketing. Uh, Russians are doing disinformation and, and, and sort of nasty shit, but we, we need to uh, use marketing to tell about things that are true. And that's all. Thank you. Thank you, Peter. I think that's, those are excellent thoughts. Uh, so we'll go to Sancho next. Uh, Sancho, how is that uh, for a demonstration of uh, Russian disinformation working? <laughs> go ahead, Sancho. Go ahead. Oh yeah, so, sorry about that. I was mean, so the um, so the, there is a lot of that, and I know it's persistent and ongoing, and it's it's widespread. And I, I think one of the the uh, a boiling point that I think might be more useful, um, especially to offset a lot of this uh, particular type of propaganda around NATO, is uh, there's a you know there's a lot of concern around uh, the Arab Spring, but I I think that it may be. Um, not understood that the Arab Spring uh, started with food shortages and that um, with those food shortages, there are uprisings in many different countries. And it had to do a lot with how the governments um, were reacting to these uprisings. So the, you know, we, we had leaders from multiple countries that wound up gassing their, their citizens. And so while uh, I think some people conflate that that was a NATO initiative. That was that was UN uh, UN investigations, and then um, uh, U, eventually UN decisions uh, to support the citizens in those situations. So uh, it it wasn't NATO uh, that was performing those things when those happened, and um, and they weren't American led um, as far as uh, creating you know, these uprisings. It was the, the Arab Spring, which was a byproduct of food shortages from Russia's uh, failed crop uh, throughout the, that time. And I think that uh, if that's understood, I think it might help dispel um, quite a bit of the, um, you know, the, those that might think it was malicious or opportunistic or that NATO was doing things. This this was a UN, these were UN initiatives um, that were holding leaders accountable for, uh, you know, war crimes against their own citizens. So, 
Uh, I, I don't know if that helps. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, thank you, Sancho. Uh, so we'll go to uh, Lisa next. Go ahead, Lisa. Yes. Um, I'll make this short and sweet. That definitely was an example of Russian influence and disinformation. And uh, some of the people here had some really good ideas on how to combat that. Um, it's going to take a long time. Um, I listened to Miss Ivana, and she made some really good points. And um, I uh, just wanted to say that I tried to be a lady, but I was thinking exactly what Mr. M was saying. Um, I agree totally with him. Sometimes things need to be said like that to wake up people. And, um, but that's all I wanted to say. But I think, um, like someone said, you know, write the politicians and the, the people and even the newspapers. Like, I'm kind of disappointed at our newspapers. They, they say about what Russia's you know, this misinformation, but then they don't continue on and say, you know, don't believe this. They just say part of it. They don't put the whole picture together. And that really frustrates me. But anyways, I just wanted to share that. And thank you. Thank you, Lisa. Uh, we'll go to Ollie next. Go ahead, Ollie. Did did you guys see what just happened? Exact what, when I came on the space, what I talked about. Where's Imperial? I think he's off. Did you yeah, guys I'm see sure what? Where he went, but yeah, you called it, dude. Like one hundred percent called. You see what I talked about? So imagine trying to talk to someone like this and telling the person, "Hey, no, they they just don't want to listen." Yeah, it's the same conversation over and over, right? Yeah. about Libya, about NATO expansion, and, and then meanwhile, a genocide's going on. Meanwhile, two million Ukrainians are being deported into work camps. They're being uh, subjected to violence in those camps. There's mass graves in those camps. Uh, you know, this is this is settler colonialism. You know, the uh, ambassador or the UN ambassador, uh, the, the, uh, there was a, a person at the UN from Kenya that said this very clearly, that this is, you know, I've seen this before, you know, <laughs> this is colonialism, uh, plain and simple. And, uh, yeah, the fact that, uh, you know, Russian disinformation has managed to blind people to that fact, uh, uh, people who have experienced it in their own history, is uh, pretty pretty astounding, for sure. Uh, do you have any follow-up, Ollie? Sorry, nothing again. I just, I, I, this is a typical example of the kind of people they try to convince that Russia is a terrorist state and they are having imperialistic goals. And it's, it's, it's just not nice. I think we all feel your pain right now, Ollie. Uh, let's go ahead and go to Sojo next. Go ahead, Sojo. <clears throat> Thank you. I, I just wanted to, um, now Imperius is gone, but I, I, I commend Imperius actually for pointing out the fact that NATO isn't some kind of organic um, organism that expands and eats up its surroundings. NATO is an organization, a defensive organization, which, uh, by the way, to everyone here, has never, ever, ever attacked Russia or the USSR, um, which 
the states and the Baltics, for example, wanted to join and begged to join, as Imperius said. Um, so this NATO expanding is 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 it's a moot point. It doesn't expand. People want to join it, and it grows. That uh, and that's it. And that's it. In the end of the day. And when people start to what about, then I think to keep it very simple is just to keep it a subject at hand. Say, well, uh, we can talk about Libya, Libya, but we can talk about that in another space at another time. But right now, it's the genocide that is happening in, in Ukraine, and it isn't happening, you know, on its own. It's been perpetrated by Russia, by the Russian Federation. And the Russian Federation, as well as the GCP, is um, 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 conducting a proper went propaganda war in the, uh, in, on the African continent. And, if, you know, I think really um, it, it's best, high imperialist, it's best to keep things simple um, in these kind of situations. Otherwise, um, it can get very much out of control. Well done, imperialist, for, for pointing out about NATO. But you didn't really get the, get the chance to expand on that or whatever. No, I mean, it's... Yeah, I think we... Okay. I, I guess the important part is to keep it short and sharp, right? Like, um, like if, if they're not willing to accept that very patently obvious fact, and like the, the Syria thing especially gets me, right? Like, Russia was directly is directly responsible for the obscene level of death and suffering that Assad was able to witness, uh to bring down on his population and and the notion that the west is being blamed for it I, I mean maybe in the sense that like we let them cross our red line but apart from that no like i like that that is just so backwards it's 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 disgusting it is it's true and it and it's actually difficult to 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 let it slide without arguing against it that's true but um i think in these situations it's possibly better to sort of shelf it um and, and, and just make things very simple because otherwise you just go down a rabbit hole. But, um, but, I, but, but I appreciate what you said uh, um, um, and, and, and how you said it. Well done. Yeah, I mean, we saw him, right? We saw him go from, uh, he was like, Libya. And we were like, we don't want to talk about Libya. And he was like, Syria. And we were like, Russia caused Syria. And he was like, Vietnam. And it's like, you know, how far back are we going to go here, right? It's just the goalpost moves every time. The actual historical example he's using isn't really relevant. It's just sort of, what about something else, right? What about literally anything else so I don't have to talk about the genocide that I'm looking at in front of my face, right? That's that's pretty much uh, what's going on here. So we're going to get to some new speakers. Uh, MP, thank you for waiting. Go ahead. Okay, thanks. Uh, I just want to have a couple of comments. Thanks, thanks actually, Oli, Oli, for all your comments. I just want to add, you know, when it was mentioned that China had this, like, like, you know, great for, you know, Africa, I just want to, you know, remember people and remind people that, uh, you know, Nordic countries, for example, give to Africa like 10 billion euros per year. Uh, and we give it mostly like budgetary aid. We don't like, uh, you know, market, you know, with sort of propaganda purposes. We have given this kind of aid since 1950s. We just keep, keep giving it. And, and one of the problems what I see is that, you know, the Russian propaganda works, but our sort of propaganda and aid doesn't work. So we're giving the money, we are not giving the weapons, and, and, and all, all the actually, you know, what, what's been bought is that, you know, that, let's say the local governments there, they, they are corrupt, uh, they take the money, people don't know about it, 
and 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 a lot of you see all the migration which comes from Africa. It comes towards Europe. You know they don't hate us. They love us. And 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 the the, the motion what's happening now in Nordic, especially I see an episode across Europe is that. Are we doing things right? You know, what what are the actually the outcomes of our aid? We are, have been giving that for, you know, for many many centuries, and you know we give it for every year, and and we are just beginning. So there, there's this uh, thesis and and kind of thinking. What's happening right now is that should we actually toward this aid to the Ukraine more? And this is just you know my point. I really like what Oli said. You know, you're fully right in what you said, but you know, but I'm hearing more and more this, you know, tones that you know. We, we guys are bad guys and still, you know, the African people are migrate to the, to the Europe a lot. Plus, we give them a lot of aid and China is so great, you know, the people start to think, you know, are we think, you know, doing the right thing. So that's what, that was just my comment. Back. Thank you very much, MP. Yeah, I think uh, if I could maybe try to distill your comment down a bit, like, um, I think what, what you're saying is true. Like, we, we give a lot of aid to African countries because we want to help a lot of people in African countries, right? Like, we want them to... Uh, uh, continue to develop and prosper because that's uh, prosperity for everyone. And of course, you know, we don't want to see people who uh, are living in poverty or don't have education and things. Uh, you know, this, this is this is not good for the human race as a whole. Uh, but maybe we need to examine like how we're spending our money exactly and it, if, if it's benefiting our interests. In other words, if we're spending billions of dollars in a, a program that isn't effective in terms of uh, conveying you know, the, the message that we need to convey in terms of how to build a society that's going to create uh, human beings that are, are capable of thriving and prospering, then uh, maybe we're not spending our money in the right priorities, right? So I think that's uh, maybe, uh, you want to follow up on that? Go ahead. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, when we get this kind of comments back constantly, that we are the bad guys, you know, killing people, bombing people, we are the cause, you know, for the Russian invasion, you know, it seems that it's not working anymore. So bad. Yeah, I think like you're not saying like we should take away their aid because they don't like us. But you're saying more that like, yeah, we need to think maybe think about how we're spending our aid and what types of programs we're spending it on and exactly. how we can, exactly. we can help. Yeah, I think that's a, a fair point. So thank you very much, MP. And uh, next we'll go to Tabasco Poppy. Go ahead. So it's, so it's my turn now? It's your turn. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So, yeah, um, I just want to quickly... Um, uh, like uh, like discuss a small issue about uh, the rocket attacks on Belgorod uh, last night. <clears throat> there's a, there's an article on uh, on this space also about it. So the thing is, what directly um, was really uh, 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 um, how how I say this? It was really immediately um, uh, noticeable how there was like angles from five six seven positions of people filming impacts because there's a lot of footage online <clears throat> so the thing is directly now this morning i see a lot of nato anti-nato trolls anti-eu trolls anti-ukraine uh, trolls pro-russian uh, talking points that directly blame the west and ukraine for this and um why is it supposedly directly a Ukrainian attack? Because it also is posted like this on the sub. And um, there's no interest for Ukraine right now to um, target outside of Ukraine instead of in inside of Ukraine. So I, I think this is rather a false flag. 
uh, I really think like this. This is a false flag. And uh, I don't think it's good to uh, put out articles uh, like this, blaming directly Ukraine for this attack. Thank you, Tabasco, and I will refer us to a friend. I'm going to presumptuously, without his permission or consent, call him friend of the show, Operator Starsky's uh, official uh, statement on the uh, drone attack on the refinery in Berdyansk, which is, he said, any uh, attack that happens uh, outside of Ukrainian territory was uh, performed by an unknown third party. Uh, So that's uh, the official stance, I I would say, of Ukraine uh, currently in terms of the attacks. But uh, that's all that's all I can say about that in terms of uh, whether or not Ukraine performed the strike officially. Uh, So do you have any follow up on that? No, I don't have any follow up. But like this is this is really good false flag material to push outside. So uh, Russia can put itself as like a victim. Well, it's certainly not a victim. They're the total aggressor and nothing else. Um, so, yeah, this is just the only thing I was going to say. Okay, thank you, Tabasco. And, uh, yeah, we're going to have, I think, uh, more detail coming out uh, uh, in, in the near future because we've gotten a lot of video footage of these uh, strikes. So hopefully we'll get some questions answered. So uh, next we'll go to 1776 Thanos, then we'll go to a better uh, Thanos. Go ahead. Hey, everybody, good morning. So it's a little unusual for me to dial in at this uh, hour, uh, again, but uh, great conversation uh, as usual. So I have a question for uh, Tabasco, I think really anyone would answer it. In warfare, especially a war such as this, uh, striking back at Russia proper, totally in bounds by any and all conventions, uh, even in modern warfare. So why, why would uh, Ukraine not be interested in uh, doing, for example, a strategic strike against a target that may be of uh, significant impact, such as the logistics or command and control uh, hub. I, I do not know enough, unfortunately, about the target that was hit. If it was just an apartment building, I would, of course, uh, suspect a, a false flag because that's always been Putin's modus uh, operandi to hit an apartment building or an opera house and claim uh, somebody else. Uh, so why, why would Ukraine not entertain uh, hitting targets within Russia, given that really Russia has shown no restraint today, and therefore there's really nothing to be lost hitting uh, targets within Russia proper. So it, it can absolutely be a, like, a, like a technical strike on, on, a, on a facility that has some um, military value or something. I'm not saying like um, uh, it's impossible. But uh, this was like a living area and uh, there were a lot of angles filming before the impacts, before um, it was clear what was going to happen, supposedly. For me, this uh, really feels like a setup. I think, you know, anything's possible. I think maybe it's uh, good to, like, not, not come to any firm conclusions until more information comes out, right? Um, I would say just in terms of like our analysts, right? Um, we have Portland on who, uh, uh, he knows a fair bit about missiles and analyzing footage and, 